Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. Today, I'm delighted to have Alex Price on the podcast. And Alex is the founder of um, 93 Digital, based out of London in the UK. But he's also the founder of uh, Finite, which is a B2B community website and a, a community on itself for B2B marketers. And they ran a research end of last year, which we're going to talk about in this show. But first of all, I'd like um, to uh, to introduce you and um, well, maybe you can introduce yourself, Alex. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be talking. Um, thanks for having me on the show. So yeah, my name is Alex Price. I run, as you said, 93 Digital. We actually have a team within 93 Digital called 93X. So we've got like a UX design and build side to our agency and then also a, a SEO PPC side to the, the agency too. But I'm, uh, as you said, today I'm wearing my my community building hat. Um, so one initiative we started a few years ago now is, uh, is Finite, which is a community for b2b tech software SaaS marketers um to connect to share to learn to grow together uh, so we have webinars and we have a slack community and we've got actually just today we launched our first ever um kind of one day virtual conference which is coming up in may um so we've got i think about 1700 um signed up actual members globally um and uh yeah, we, we have a really kind of thriving community. It started really just as events in London, kind of meeting up, you know, 30, 40 people after work, uh, sharing a beer and talking about marketing. And obviously when when COVID struck, it turned into um, much more. And um, so the obviously it's been a, a difficult year for everybody, but the one kind of silver lining is that we've been able to, to bring more and more people together. And I think that that need and desire for community has become even stronger, which is great. Absolutely. So why why the B2B focus? So I guess over the years of, of running an agency, we um, you know, the, the agency proposition is focused on delivering WordPress projects primarily and, and uh, websites in that space. And gradually, a few years ago, we, we kind of started to specialize just in working with the, the B2B technology software SaaS vertical. Um, it's where we do our best work. It's where we, we're passionate about the work that we do, and our kind of favorite uh, favorite projects and clients are all in that space. So um, that's why we've got 93x too. So that's where we're just doing the SEO and PPC and content again, just for our B two B tech and SaaS clients. So we're kind of building out a, a focus there. I think you know you'll know from your own work. I'm sure that when you have a proposition which is focused um, and uh, you can be kind of razor sharp in terms of who you appeal to in your proposition then lots of things are a lot easier with with running a an agency type business in in this space so you know, I, I'm a passionate b2b marketer myself I, I love the kind of considered complex drawn out user journeys and the challenges that come with attribution and kind of nurturing those those kind of journeys so um I love the space I, I'm for, for some reason I've always been way more drawn to the b2b side than b2c but um i can't explain it but that's kind of my uh my passion area okay um, well so. you don't have to explain it to me i'm <laughs> i'm also a b2b marketer i love b2b marketing those complex buying cycles having uh decision making units that are bigger than than the consumer yep. purchases normally are so it's it's a very that's a nice environment to 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 be in 
um, also very challenging. Uh, the perception of a lot of people is that it's a little behind on consumer marketing. I, I absolutely don't think that's the case. And I think that's something we can start talking about during this uh, this podcast because you you did that research just just for the for the listeners. Um, Finite is a community of about seventeen hundred people now. It's a, a non agency community, right? So it's only actual exactly, yeah. marketers that are in yeah. there. How many did participate in the research? Uh, I think it was a hundred and something. I can't remember the exact number, but um, we had a, a pretty good um, good response overall. Um, yeah, it was a, a fairly lengthy lengthy survey, so it was enough to draw some some nice insights overall. Um, oh, what what were the the most important insights that you got from that research? So I think the the big takeaway for me was that even though twenty twenty was a difficult year, obviously that actually a lot of B2B tech companies have been able to or were able to to meet or or even outperform their their objectives overall. So, you know, I think we were you know in, in you know basically a year ago we were recording this now in in uh, in March 21 and a year ago we were all kind of going into lockdown and budgets were being frozen and we were really at the peak of the uncertainty. Um and I think if we'd asked our members then kind of how do you think the next year is going to go, I guess we probably wouldn't have had a you know 75% thinking that they would be able to meet their objectives or or outperform them. So um, yeah, I think about 60% of our members said that they had done as they expected to do. Um, another 15% um, said they've outperformed their targets. And then the final kind of 25% or so uh, were were companies that hadn't, um, hadn't met their objectives. But, you know, I think it's hard to benchmark because this is the first year we've done this, this research, but I would have thought that even in a, a non-COVID time, you know, a, a quarter of businesses not meeting their objectives fully is probably quite normal. So all things considered, um, I think that's a pretty a pretty good uh, good statistic and one that was a nice optimistic start, I think, to, to the research that we ran. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you're comparing your research to the researches that are around in the in the uh, industry like um, there is a CMO spent survey you're probably familiar with uh, from yep. Gartner. Yep. Um, th- that research pointed out a couple of things uh, for me surprisingly or maybe not surprisingly but it, it was even more than I expected I have to say uh, that uh, B2B marketers uh, spent way more on MarTech than they let's say did a year before that but they also expected to increase budgets on it right is that something yep. you saw in your research as well yeah so i think the kind of headline stat there so we, we broke the research into a few different areas and obviously we looked at, at martech and ai generally and, and their use and um of everybody that we we surveyed i think about yeah 65 percent of um b2b tech marketers were looking to increase their use of of martech in in 2021 so um, 65% saying it would go up, about 33% saying it would more or less remain the same, um, and only about 2% looking at kind of cutting back on um, uh, their use of, of marketing technology overall. So, um, yeah, that was a, an interesting statistic. Um, we had a few different experts kind of comment on our, our research as we were going through it. So, um, Daryl Alfonso, who's marketing operations manager at AWS. Um, yeah, sure we had him on the spaces. podcast. Oh, there we go. So yeah, he's he's well known on LinkedIn and and in the in the space. So uh, he kindly kind of provided us some some insight, and um, he he basically said that you know 
marketers are going to increase their their martech budget and usage next year to keep up with with digital demand um yeah i, I guess that transition to digital only experiences has been putting more of an emphasis on um overall effectiveness and productivity and and obviously marketing technology plays a, a big role in that so yeah dow said that he he expected to foresee a big spike in investment in particularly the project management and kind of workflow management side of things um in in 2021 which is interesting um i guess he's he's obviously in the marketing operations world and i think um obviously thinking a lot about process and and scaling things um but interesting to see him call out specifically the kind of project management and the the workflow side of things okay so the the typical marketer digital marketer within b2b uses over 30 kind of different tools uh, martech tools yeah um, workflow and process management tools are are a part of that are there any other tools that uh, people or respondents of your uh, research pointed out as being important to let's say build on or important to invest in yeah so um we didn't go into kind of individual categories, I guess, within the landscape, but um, you know, a couple of areas that we touched on were um, use of AI generally. And I guess I'm, I'm conscious with this question that it's maybe a, a, a bit of a, a broad one in that um, I think in a lot of cases, marketers may not even be aware if some form of AI is being used within their products. And you know, a lot of products are using maybe some degree of, of AI somewhere, but um, it was an interesting question to ask just to kind of gauge um, gauge people's perspective on that side of things. So um, about 35% of our respondents said that they were likely to make use of, of AI. Um, so that was interesting when it comes to, yeah, kind of feeding artificial intelligence into the, the marketing landscape in, mm-hmm. in different respects. Um, I think personalization was an area that we, we touched on as well. Um, I think for me, personalization has always been one of those things that marketers are really interested in, but always seems to fall to the bottom of the list to some mm-hmm. extent. Um, and obviously there's all kinds of different topics within personalization from website personalization to just, you know, segmenting your CRM or, you know, there's, there's all different flavors and depths. Um, but I think as, as we see the amount of uh, data and technology available to marketers increasing and, and giving them um, you know, the, the insights they need to drive personalization, I think that's also been a, an impact of of COVID overall, as well as um, you know that closer alignment between sales and marketing, needing to be closer to your customers and your customers' pain points than than ever before. Um, and I think that that general kind of level of personalization within marketing has been rising, um, kind of as a result of that. Um, I think we'll all of our you know, listeners will probably be aware that um, you know account based marketing is. I think again in the last year or so feels to me as though it's something that comes up really regularly on our on our Slack community and people are really looking at in the enterprise space how to approach ABM and, and obviously personalization kind of plays into that too. Um, so I think that's yeah, 75% of the respondents that we um, we surveyed said that uh, they were going to focus on on personalization more in the future. Okay, so given those developments that you mentioned, personalization, the um, growing use of data, um, marketing and sales alignment. Is there any? Is there changing a lot 
in the profile of the, let's say, B2B marketer? Is, is Are teams changing? Do you think requirements for marketers are changing? Is the profile and the job descriptions, are, are those yeah. changing? I think so. Um, I mean, it, your question prompted me just to think of, a, of an episode I actually recorded on on the Finite podcast a little mm-hmm. while ago with a with a CMO who had, I think he was he was quite new in a role in a smaller kind of startup scale up business, but had previously been leading a team of kind of 60, 70 people. Um, he now had a team in his new role, had a team of about three or four people, I think. And he said if if he was to take up uh, the, the CMO role um, within a new organization, now the very first role that he would hire for is um, a marketing operations role. Um, I thought that was really fascinating uh, insight for, for such an experienced CMO to say that the very first investment and really the heart of the marketing team would be a marketing operations role, which I think historically has been a role that uh, you've only really wanted to look at investing in once you've reached a certain degree of scale and complexity. Um, the role has felt like it's it's needed more. So that was an interesting interesting insight that you, your question just prompted me on. But I think generally we're seeing marketers having to become more digital or, or really digital first or digital only to some extent. Um, so I think it's... Uh, you know, I think for me, it's um, that that digital focus is. You know, I'm a, I'm kind of a digital first marketer, and and digital is almost all I know. Um, so uh, I think other marketers that have been doing all kinds of marketing for 20, 30 years are potentially in certain areas playing catch up. But that that kind of digital skill set, I think, is becoming um, a much much bigger part of the marketing job description. I think the challenge is, you know, I'm sure you see the same, like there's a lot of marketing job descriptions out there, which are already packed full of so much stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously varies slightly on type of business and organization size, but my heart always sinks when I see a kind of, you know, digital marketing manager type role with a, I don't know, a 30,000 pound salary and this list of MarTech skill and requirements <laughs> that just goes on and on and on and never yeah. ends. And, PPC Ninja and SEO um, you know, Diva, whatever it is, like it just just endless, endless stuff. Um, and please be HubSpot and Marketo and Alqua certified. Of course, yeah, all three. Yeah, I think that's the that's the challenge. I just don't. I I think yeah, I think that's more of a smaller business challenge. I think larger organizations don't have that as much. But you know, even even some of our uh, a thing that I hear a lot through the finite community is. Um, you know, we're in a big organization, but the B2B marketing team is a pretty small function. And I think it's it's quite common for B2B marketers to feel quite alone and isolated to some extent in, in these big technology-driven organizations where development and product and you know, everything, all of those kind of things lead the day-to-day. Um, and so, you know, it's a constant battle of balancing how much you can really get done. And, and I think prioritization is kind of the ultimate marketing skill i think uh in the future yeah and i think also when you well but in the past the 20 30 years ago with that you referred to um creative people would look uh in, to go into marketing right so you need to you needed to be creative um uh, people that had like all kind of creativity would would basically start in marketing roles yeah that changed over the years uh so uh, in in these times, you 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 partly need to be 
uh, a creative person. The other part needs to be a data scientist. Mm -hmm. um, in smaller companies, those are combined. In, in larger companies where you have bigger teams, you would have, let's say, a content specialist. You would have data yeah. scientists. You would have uh, brand marketers, product marketers, etc. You could split those roles. Um, on the other end, I also think think we are in in some, waiting for times that uh, we don't really need those data marketers anymore, where the computer and AI would do that work for you. Mm -hmm. um, I had a I have to think about a podcast probably a year ago with um, the people that founded Dream Data, Dream Data okay. IO in uh, yeah. Denmark, that really predicts. Um, your attribution that really predicts what kind of uh, content will uh, resonate with your audience, et cetera. So you don't have to analyze that data anymore. It, the the mm -hmm. system does it for you. So I'm kind of thinking that that we are in between those times where um, things where marketers might need to become more creative again in, in future. Is that something you recognize as well? Or Yeah, it's something we talk a lot about. And, and actually, I think a a blind spot that I'm I'm willing to admit on everything we do at Finite is that we don't talk enough about the creative side and the brand side. And even though I'm a big advocate for it and constantly, especially talking to clients saying, you know, we, we can't forget, um, you know, I think tech companies are very guilty of leading with the, this is what our product does and this is how it works and this is how it functions. And mm -hmm. actually behind those products are, are talented human beings and there's an emotional side to, to marketing that I think when it shines through can be very powerful, even for the most boring enterprise technology product in the financial services space or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I, I think um, I agree with you. I, I feel like we we sometimes we frame the conversation incorrectly in terms of thinking about it as having to pick one or the other. Like we either have to be data driven and short sighted and deliver results tomorrow, or we have to be super creative and can't measure anything and build a brand and hopefully in three years time, we're in a good position. Like those two, when, whenever I talk to CMOs about this, I think the ones that have the best balance and understanding are basically saying, no, we're, we're building a brand and we're advertising on you know, at a sports game or on the radio or all these things, which are kind of hard to attribute and hard to measure. But underneath that, we're, we're executing really hard on the very tactical stuff. And th those two are working in tandem very much. It's not, it's not one or the other. We don't have to view it as, an opportunity cost if we focus on on just the one of them. So, um, so yeah, it's an interesting interesting struggle. I think uh, I can't remember what the most recent statistic is of the average tenure of a CMO in their role. Is it like two or three years or somewhere in, in uh -huh. that range? Yeah. Um, so I understand why there's pressure to deliver impact and results, and particularly in venture capital backed businesses or private equity backed businesses where private equity business comes in and realistically they want to. I don't know, double their money in three years and be out again. And um, that doesn't leave a lot of room for maneuver for CMOs to go to a, a board meeting and say, here's this big creative idea we've got um, without the numbers to kind of back that up. So I think it's going to be a balance, but um, I think any more, you know, the, the B2B world is is ripe for, for creativity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. One of the other things that I remember, one of the findings from the, Gartner's CMO spend report, um, so which is not your report, but the one uh, that was brought out by Gartner end of 2020. Um, from the top yeah. of my head, I remember that there was also a, a cut of budget in outsourcing to agencies. 
So B2B marketers expected to outsource less to external agencies uh, like yours and, uh, and mine. <laughs> so marketing yeah. guys uh, is, is my agency. Um, is that something that you recognize and that was one of the findings in your research as well by Finite? Uh, we didn't actually look too much, I don't think, into that specific kind of ways of working side of things. Um, I think from from lots of like webinars and discussions we've had with with marketers, it's it's a constant kind of ebb and flow for for every every tech company I talk to that's looking to you know bring some roles in house uh, as they've kind of grown or scaled in a certain area. There's another business kind of taking their space that's wanting to work with a you know a specialist that's seen it before, that's been there and done it for lots of other similar similar right. customers. So um, I think there's you know, there's obviously huge value in 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 both sides, um, particularly you know, we talk about it a lot in terms of content and you know, from from an SEO perspective when we're thinking about content and copywriting. You know, we're working with so many clients that have very niche kind of complex technical product solutions in very niche landscapes, the vocabulary, the tone of voice, it's very hard to get right. And so that's where it comes up a lot. It's kind of, is content something we do in-house? Is content we can work with an agency on or with freelancers on and, and can be a, a challenge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think um, a lot of agencies I know in the B2B space, um, I think have done fairly well over the last year. I mean, I think we've probably had our overall our, our best year of from a business perspective. Um, uh, particularly with things like organic search really growing with um, you know face-to-face events yep. and conferences and things coming to an end all of those you know if the budget still exists it's been it's been allocated towards digital channels ultimately there's no point sending loads of traffic to a rubbish website so the website has to be working harder and harder um, you know 70 percent of the marketers that we we surveyed said that their website has become, more important as the hub of their marketing since since COVID started. So I think there's been a big mindset shift in a website going from just a kind of shop window that people would meet us and they would just kind of use the use the website as a reference point to really viewing the website as a kind of digital marketing machine that supports acquisition, but also supports the length of the buyer journey. So yeah, lots of change on, on that front. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's something I recognize as well. It, you know, at Marketing Guys uh, 2021, uh, from a financial standpoint, is it was our best year ever. Um, yeah. and, and that's that's something uh, I think a lot of agency owners will recognize. Um, as far as you're talking about specialized agencies, so yep. we're a Martech agency, a B2B agency. Um, yep. I hear different stories from other agencies that are, for example, mm-hmm focused on SEA, so on search engine advertising, because those yep. budgets were cut immediately during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's something I, I hear back from both customers um, and from agency owners that are in that advertising space, because during COVID, if there's no demand, it doesn't make any sense to spend ad budget. So that's something that I do see uh, some cutback on. Um, both on the budget itself as uh, on the, let's say, outsourcing part of that, you know, when people, when when companies outsource their Google ads or Facebook or programmatic advertising. Uh, But as far as I'm looking into the other specialists, um, outsourcing services, the the demand has only grown. So I, I, I did not recognize the overall trend in that CMO spent research from Gartner. So that's, uh, but, and I'm glad you don't see it either. So, they might be wrong, and it might be might be um, 
a different uh, different outcome this year when they bring it out beginning of this year. But. Yeah. Well, I think the challenge is that it's a very industry vertical uh, based decision, right? Yeah. Even within even within B two B tech, where we're talking, like we've got tech companies that deliver. I don't know, point of sale software for restaurants, the till systems, like obviously they're going to have had a pretty rough <laughs> year. Um, other other tech companies are are absolutely flying. And when we see the performance of the stock market driven so many IPOs, not necessarily just B2B, but, but generally in the US, like there's been a real surge. So um, yeah, I think it's, uh, as you say, being specialist, I think is a, is a good position to be in. I also know agencies which are working with hospitality and luxury brands and things which have had a pretty tough time um, so it's yeah, it's very very vertical, vertical specific. I think absolutely, absolutely. So, um, Alex, it, it was a pleasure talking to you and having you on the podcast. Is there something from your research um, that you would like to share or that we forgot to talk about during this interview? Oh, good question. Well, maybe I can share a link with you, and um, you can drop a link under the uh, the podcast in the show notes, out, yep. um, and people can can have a look through it. But um, I guess maybe a nice one to to wrap up on is um uh well maybe it's the, not the most optimistic ending but just challenges i think were interesting so um in balancing quality and quantity was of, of everybody we surveyed that was the kind of biggest challenge that they said they had um balancing you know dealing with digital fatigue um and finally one that probably suits yourself quite well is measuring the right kpis so you know attribution measuring the right things getting that kind of in place was a big challenge so those are the things that our community are, are focusing on over the uh over the year ahead okay good stuff so what we'll do is i'll i'll in the show notes i'll put a link to your website uh, where people uh, may find the research um, and i will put a link to your linkedin profile for people to reach out to you should you have any questions or maybe want to join um, your community or as, yeah. and they're a b2b marketer you know go, go ahead we'll share a link uh, to uh, to finite as well in the, in the UK, so people can join, uh, can just uh, request to join, fill out a form on the website. Uh, go ahead if you're a B two B marketer, go go visit that website. It's in the show notes. Um, and uh, well, again, thank you very much, Alex, for being on the Marketing Technology Podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.